0: And welcome to the Autumn Ridge Women's Podcast, where we explore God's Word, not simply to learn more about the Bible, but to consider how to apply its wisdom. I'm your host, Svea Mary, and each week I'm joined by talented women from our congregation. We invite you to imagine yourself sitting here with us, enjoying a great discussion as friends about God and how His Word helps us take our next steps to become the women God intends for us to be. Today we get to explore some material in Luke that's a little less known than some of what we've covered so far in this series. We're going to be in Luke chapter 18, and we'll examine the parable of the persistent widow, followed by the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, and then we'll see the lovely section about Jesus' heart for little children and what we can learn from them about the kingdom of God. And at first glance, it may seem like these stories don't have a whole lot in common, but there is a lovely thread that runs through them all. And that's the thread of God's delight in people who approach him with humility and confidence that he will meet our needs, specifically our needs for both justice and mercy. We're going to see that we can depend on God like a child loved by a good parent, and that he delights in us coming to him. And speaking of delight, I'm delighted to have Michaela Park back with me today to walk through these stories. Welcome, Michaela.
1: Thanks, Save. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Uh, Michaela, the last time you were on this podcast, we talked through another widow story. uh, It's kind of fun that we've gotten two of these to back in the mm-hmm. time that we've recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the story of the widow in Luke 7, when Jesus saw this poor woman desperately grieving her son. And when he came upon the funeral procession for her boy, he had compassion on her and even brought her son back to life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, it's a beautiful thing. It's something you and I have talked about offline, but maybe you want to comment on that now about what you've been picking up on consistently in the book of Luke about Jesus's heart for people like the widow.
1: Yeah. I, um, you know, all the passages that we've studied, it's clear that, um, that Jesus calls to himself and sometimes exalts people who are not the typical Jewish mold of an high standing, upstanding citizen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we have him exalting a Roman centurion, Mm -hmm. um, uh, a Samaritan Mm -hmm. who was not liked by the Jewish people. Um, we have um, the widow and um, even a tax collector. And I think uh, that's telling us something about Luke's heart uh, for Gentiles, Mm -hmm. that he recognizes that Jesus calls on them as, as much as he calls on the Jewish people to himself.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a fun theme that Luke brings out probably more than any other of the gospel writers mm-hmm. of how much Jesus cares about those who don't just necessarily fit the uh, the respected Jewish mold. Mm-hmm. And I think we can extend that to our practice today and in having a heart for people who might not be the classic you know, "quote unquote" church crowd, right? Um, but right. sharing Jesus's heart to welcome everyone mm-hmm. um, into His presence—it's um, a theme that we're going to see even today in the three stories we're looking at in Luke 18. Since these stories are all about God's heart for another widow and a tax collector, like mm-hmm. you said, and even little children—they're all categories of people that wouldn't have had a whole lot of prestige in the culture of Jesus's day. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I want to get into the text, but I was thinking, Michaela, before you read it for us, do you want to put it into a little context for us so that we can be oriented to where we're
1: starting in this chapter? Sure. This is um, the parable of the persistent widow is the beginning of chapter 18, and it follows chapter 17, where Jesus answers questions from Pharisees and his disciples about the coming kingdom. Mm. And chapter 18 speaks uh, about how we are to live while we wait for. Jesus to return. Mm, Yeah, that's not easy to wait, is it? (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Well, we'll (laughs)
0: say something about that in a little bit, but (laughs) uh, why don't you read this first story to us, Luke 18, verses
1: 1 uh, through 8. Sure. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Mm-hmm.
0: So there's there's a whole bunch of things I know we're both yeah. excited to talk about here. But yeah. but I thought maybe the first thing is to to look at what kind of bookends this story mm-hmm. with this concept of of Jesus coming back in verse eight, looking for faith on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but verse one. Um, you know, it talks about the idea that he wants people to pray mm-hmm. and not lose heart.
1: Yes. And I think we talked about this about the um, in the NIV translation. Um, it uses a, a little bit of a weaker verbiage where it says don't give up. But mm-hmm. not lose heart sp- speaks um, to something more than that, um, it's, it says to continue to pray, means to continue to pray with faith, with a confident assurance. Mm-hmm. And I love that this parable starts off with that. And at the end, Jesus asks, well, will I find faith? Because I think what Jesus started off with is saying, this is the key to having faith is this persistent prayer Mm -hmm. and um, knowing with full assurance that he will hear us. Yeah. It's not just a matter of not giving up, but to have that
0: confidence Mm -hmm. as we pray. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be brought out very clearly in this story about what God's, um, his delight in in people being persistent Mm -hmm. in their prayers. Now, but this poor widow in the story, the judge, let's talk about the judge a little bit here.
1: Yeah, this is, um, well, he neither feared God, which was really interesting, because that, that means that he was irreverent and irreligious, and he didn't even care for people. Um, and I thought that was interesting, because as a judge, he should care for people. Yeah. And um, in fact, um, judges were required by law to protect widows. Yeah. But he didn't really care for her. And um, But he ends up giving in to her. For a very uh, selfish reason, which yeah, is- yeah, this
0: is one of my very favorite things in in <laughs> right? studying this. And again, where different translations bring it out in different ways, but mm-hmm. but the idea when it talks about you know being beaten down or worn down or things like that, the Greek word is actually something that means to give someone a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just picture this this guy of obviously poor moral characters. Mm-hmm. Really afraid this widow is at some point just gonna haul off and deck him in the face right. and <laughs> he's gonna have to explain to his community how he got a black eye. <laughs> right.
1: Right. And it is it's a comical dimension, you mm-hmm. know, to, to this parable. But I feel like well, this is how Jesus is introducing a very serious point. Mm-hmm. He's saying if if this unjust judge is gonna do the right thing, even for the wrong reasons, how much better will God do who is righteous and good? Mm-hmm. And um, so God is comparing this unjust judge to himself mm-hmm. and um, and saying he He promises, um, he, he hears our prayers, unlike the unjust judge, and he will vindicate us. Yeah, and unlike the judge, he's not right. listening in a begrudging way. Right. Uh,
0: it's not meant to imply that if we're just persistent in our prayers, eventually we'll wear God down and he'll right. he'll just give us what we want in order to make us go away. Right. Um, yeah, that's not at all the point. But the idea that if even someone who is of such, you know, little regard for people and humanity mm-hmm. will eventually do the right thing, even if not for the right reason, how much more will God
1: uh, do that on our behalf? hmm Mm-hmm. And you know it's interesting what the, the widow was asking for in her relentlessness was justice against an adversary. Mm. and um, and Jesus here is saying he will promise what the widow asked for, which is justice. And um, he's saying I will I will give provide that justice in my time. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to bring that out a little bit because justice may not be something that we believe is just for the wrong that uh we've experienced and it may not even be in the timing that we want Mm -hmm. do you by that do you
0: mean that maybe what we think is justice is not what god with a bigger picture recognizes as
1: justice Mm -hmm. i I, yeah i I definitely i think that god's justice is perfect Mm -hmm. and uh that we are not we don't have the the time frame um, you know we're we're living in this this time from you know in a in a um, chronological order but jo- God sees beginning to end and he's he's able to enact that perfect justice yeah um, and wants us to be assured that that's what's going to happen yeah absolutely now
0: one thing that the text does talk about him acting speedily mm-hmm. but in the context of this passage the whole thing is about the purpose of persistent prayer mm-hmm. which doesn't mean then that you're just praying one time and then God's going to act, right. uh, that there is even a beauty in, in praying for something over a long period of years. Yes. Um, as, as you've been studying this, what, what, have, what kind of thoughts have you had about the
1: value of persistent prayer? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, so I thought, actually, I'm going to take a step back and I thought, you know, I've had thoughts of, of as I'm reading this passage, why even pray if, if God knows what we want? Mm-hmm. And um, and as I've studied this, and and um, and as we've talked about, we don't we don't pray to inform God. He already knows what's on our hearts. He already mm-hmm. knows what we're going to ask. But we pray to be in relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. And I think this is why Jesus brings in the idea of, "Am I going to find faith?" Because prayer brings us closer in closer relationship with Him, with Him, and allows us to align our will with His. And I think that grows our faith in Him. Yeah. Absolutely. Prayer is
0: kind of that medium of our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we pray about something over a long period of time, it it, it changes that connection that we have uh, with Him. And I think when God answers a prayer that we've been praying for such a long time, there's such a buildup to it sometimes yes. that we can eventually see this was... God had his purposes in that, looking yes. back on it, that maybe we wouldn't have recognized if it had happened so quickly.
1: Right. And I guess, you know, in that line, we can, we can also say if, if God knows what's going to happen, like why pray for a certain outcome? But sometimes God uses um, the, the time when we are in prayer to mm-hmm. change us to shape us and, and as Jesus says here is build our faith in him. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, um, reminds me of the, of in, in Acts where Luke also wrote when Peter was in prison and he, um, was being prayed for by, by, um, Christ followers, Mm. um, at a home praying for his release. And he was in jail, uh, shackled to two guards and, um, an angel came and, and released him And he came to the house of the believers who were praying and he knocked on the door and they could not even believe, even though they were praying all night, (laughs) that he was released. But see, God knew that Peter was going to be released. He knew Mm. that Peter had big things to do. Mm. And yet he grew those people through that prayer. Mm -hmm. And he probably, and Peter too. And so God's timing and his purposes for us is, uh, is amazing. We have to trust that. Yeah. Yeah, well said.
0: Well, let's transition to the next story because in that we're also going to see people praying mm-hmm. in Jesus' next parable, but in a very different way. And uh, and this next story is much more about the heart with which we approach God mm-hmm. and pray. Do you want to read the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector for us? Sure.
1: He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted.
0: Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. So so this story, it seems like we've got a very clear picture of someone who is motivated by pride, yes. and by his own sense of self-righteousness, mm-hmm. compared with the other, who is completely aware that he is not deserving mm-hmm. that he's not righteous in and of himself and mm-hmm. that he's dependent on God for mercy mm-hmm. um, it's it's a real contrast uh, between the two mm-hmm. um, what you know it's a fascinating thing to think about was the Pharisee wrong necessarily for what he was praying was it wrong for him to, to fast to to do the things that was that was expected mm-hmm. of their Jewish culture Um
1: or or is this all about his heart yeah that's um that's the big point here mm-hmm. is that he um he thought he was doing the right thing and was um, accomplishing righteousness on his own merit mm-hmm. and um i I just think it's so interesting how Jesus told this story. Because the Pharisee is standing off by himself. I mean, his the way he's positioned himself, it's very obvious from outward appearance that he is confident in his own accomplishments, whereas the tax collector is standing mm-hmm. by himself and can't even look up to heaven. Mm-hmm. And um, so, right, the ca- tax collector is is really standing on his own merit where I mean not the tax collector the, the Pharisee. Pharisee yeah yeah um, but the tax collector just by the nature of his job and his place place in Jewish society um, he can't even he realizes he can't.
0: Yeah, he's just the picture of complete humility. Mm-hmm. I, I just came across this morning when I was reading something, You know, there's a, a classic picture sometimes that's written about our separation from God as mm-hmm. like this big chasm between mm-hmm. us and God, and, uh, and that the cross can sometimes be viewed as the bridge that oh, spans yeah. the chasm that uh-huh. allows us to walk from where we are to where God is. Mm-hmm. But the picture that this brought out was the Pharisee makes that chasm appear small in his eyes. He Mm -hmm. kind of seems to be portraying himself in a way that he doesn't need a whole lot of help to get to God, he's yes. pretty good on his own, right. whereas the tax collector is so aware that he's so far from God, right. that, it, that he is not deserving, that he has not earned his way into God's favor, right. that he just needs mercy in that that man's eyes, he that chasm between him and God is so far. And think about the size of the cross mm-hmm. that would have to be there right. to bridge that gap you yeah. know, as we look at the cross, do we want a little cross, <laughs> yeah, or a really big cross?
1: Right. I would even say, do we even want a cross that we make on our own? Would yeah. we trust that cross to like get us from one end to the other? Because yeah. the tax collector is thinking that, yeah. he, he can. Well, the Pharisee is. I thinking mean, the Pharisee. I keep,
0: yeah, sorry, that's oh, playing boy. with your mind today, sorry. isn't it? Confusion. <laughs> no, we we want to make God big and uh, and make, think less of ourselves mm-hmm. and what we're we're working on to try to um, bridge that gap on our own is going to be completely um, uh, not sound, not, not uh, something we can base our life on. Mm-hmm. Um, another thought that, that comes to me in this story is the text, or the, you're going to do it to me oh, now, no. I started something. <laughs> the Pharisee is all about what he hasn't done. He's mm-hmm. he's saying I've done all these good things, and you know, Ew. just thank heavens that I'm not as bad as that other guy and yeah. all the bad things he's done. And yeah. yet, isn't it the picture of Christian maturity to recognize that we're all sinners? Yes, we have all fallen short of God's holy standard, right. and uh, and that maybe we should be even more grieved by the things that we haven't done mm-hmm. than by the things that we have. And and by that I mean like all of the times that we've failed to love someone the way that Jesus loves or to show grace to someone the way that God shows grace, that until we feel our sins of omission, as much as we might feel uh, remorse for the sins that we have committed, um, I don't think we fully understand this picture of humility that that, uh, Jesus
1: is trying to describe here. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really good point, and and sometimes not doing doing anything um, or thinking we're doing the right thing, but we're failing to love. Um, you know, looking back to the story of the the Good Samaritan, where mm. the priest and the Levite crossed the road out of fear and and probably to not defile themselves, they were kind of doing the right thing, you know. Um, they they were off, in their own mind right you know? <laughs> right checking off the the, the idea or, or the you know the the criteria that they needed to keep themselves pure but then they failed to do the loving thing yeah yeah
0: And I think that's what God's calling us to in this parable is is to not be comparing our actions Mm -hmm. as much as having that heart of humility, recognizing none of us are are worthy of God. We all need mercy. Mm -hmm. We all need to recognize that we are, are sinners and to approach God with confidence in that humility, Mm -hmm. um, that he will be merciful to us. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of approaching God, let's turn uh, to the third story. um, This uh, sweet one here about Jesus and the little children. Uh, Do you want to finish the text off for today with verses 15 to 17?
1: Sure. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it.
0: hmm yeah, and this one's one of those sweet ones that we've seen in Sunday school classes. Yes, and, I, yeah, growing and, up,
1: mm-hmm. hearing the story of Jesus calling the children.
0: And it, it may seem at first glance like there's not a whole lot of connection uh-huh. between this. And I don't mean to establish a connection where Luke didn't intend to, mm-hmm. but but it does flow out of the previous two stories in kind of a, a beautiful way. Like, for example, um, I think the point here is that Jesus doesn't bar access to himself to, to anyone, that every person is significant in Jesus' eyes, even little infants and yes. children. Yes. Um, and I think these children are representative and picture something very basic about kingdom members. Yes. You know, namely their childlike trust and their reliance. And uh, just as a little child can depend on his parents, so God's children can depend
1: on their father. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that um, and I love that that Jesus um, acknowledged and recognized the um, the character in children who were really not regarded as significant mm-hmm. and um, and again here Jesus brings um, you know highlights and calls to himself people who were easily overlooked mm-hmm. in Jewish Jewish society and I think that is a good reminder to us as, Jesus followers is people who want to emulate Jesus to live out a life that pleases Him. Is to recognize and walk towards people who don't look like us, who are marginalized, mm-hmm. um, who may be weak mm-hmm. and um, or disregarded.
0: Well, and, and even more so, maybe recognizing that that we all are mm-hmm. those people. We all are weak mm-hmm. in in God's eyes. We are all marginalized to a certain extent of our own merit. None of us, unlike what the Pharisee is trying to accomplish, none of us will ever be able to, to reach God on our own. And so when we adopt that attitude of humility, it's the right attitude to come to God with. And Mm -hmm. it's also the right attitude to have with everyone else, not thinking that we're better than anyone else, but that, uh, you know, the ground is level at the foot of the cross, uh, so to speak. Um,
1: And I wanted to also bring up the point of the kingdom of God. Mm. Because I think that, you know, as we talked about at the beginning of chapter 18, when Jesus says he'll return and we think of the kingdom of God as something that Jesus will bring with him then. But remember that he inaugurated the kingdom of God when he came to earth. Mm. And um, and I want to kind of talk about about what does it mean to, to be a member of the kingdom of God? Um, it's not anything um, that you can... As it says in in Romans, it's not any it's not a matter of what you eat or you, or drink, but it's living a life of goodness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of your pers- it's a perspective, and it's how you disposition your heart mm-hmm. and how you see the world, mm-hmm. and um, that it's not something that will come, but it's already. Been established by Jesus, and He'll consummate it, and will make it perfect uh, when He comes back. Mm-hmm. In this
0: period of persistence that we're yes. living in right now, right, right.
1: Um, well, that connects
0: kind of the the having a, a child like faith and trust and dependence in God um, connects back to the the first story of that persistence and waiting mm-hmm. for for God to come back with full justice mm-hmm. for His followers. Um, you know, because what I see here is. That the vulnerable woman from that first story with the unjust judge can have that same confidence that God will provide for her needs, for security, for justice, just like we're waiting in that period now for Jesus to return yes. um, as we wait for him to bring ultimate security and justice yes. for, um, for all of his followers. Um, Jesus delighted in letting little children come to him, and so he delights in welcoming all of us who recognize our need for his care. And uh, and we can be confident in that, just like the widow was told to keep praying and, and see even if the unjust judge provides that, how mm-hmm. much more will our good, good father mm-hmm. uh, provide what we need.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think in wrapping this up, I think Bringing these, these themes all together, I think it's why we can see from Luke 18 that the fully devoted follower of Jesus can pray with persistence and with humility
1: mm-hmm. and with childlike trust. Yes, and a reminder that that our God is just, he's merciful, and he is loving, mm-hmm. and we can trust him. Yeah, just like a little, little child hand in hand mm-hmm. with their
0: good parent. Yes. He, he's there. Well, let's pray as we close. Okay. Dear Father, you are the good, good Father, and you do welcome us to you like little children, and you are fully, fully trustworthy that you will provide for us, that you'll provide justice, that you'll provide security, that uh, that we know that you are working these things uh, for the good of those who love you for your good purposes. Um, help us to have an attitude of humility Help us not to try to be proud in our own accomplishments and our own self-righteousness, but that we would recognize that we are all sinners, that we all are in need of your mercy. And, uh, and that not only do we get the honor and the, the incredible privilege of getting to approach you and come to you that you want us to, and that as we come to you with humility, asking for your mercy, for your justice— that you will answer that in your beautiful way. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Autumn Ridge Women's Podcast, a production of Autumn Ridge Church. We appreciate the technical assistance provided by Josiah Novinger, Ian Benoit, Robert Nash, and others from our wonderful staff. We'd love to hear your comments or questions on this or any other episode. You could reach us at women at autumnridgechurch.org.